Join us for the Living the Life broadcast on our series, Understanding the Goodness of God with Dr. Chooks Ugohe. Good evening. Welcome to episode 292 of our series, Understanding the Goodness of God. I am Dr. Chucks Obina Ugoi here. Um, tonight, we continue uh, on our question and answer series on the goodness of God. Uh, we, we started yesterday with part one. Uh, we're doing questions and answering them, uh, questions that have come in on the things that we have been teaching around the character of the God we serve, uh, around his goodness. And we're taking some time over the next few episodes to answer some of those questions. Uh, just to throw more light on the things that we have been teaching, the things that we have been uh, uh, sharing to the body of Christ for the last three years. A few questions have come in. All right, so we did part one yesterday. I think we took five questions. Maybe today we're going to take another five or six. Let's see how much we can do before our time is up. Episode 292 is what we're doing today. Let's begin. The first question we have today says, why did God create a world where people have free will if that leads to evil and sin? Now, to answer this question, you need to understand why did God create man? God created man to be his image in the earth. God wanted someone who looked like him, who can worship him, not by force, but by an act of his own will. Remember that God is not forced to do anything. God is sovereign. Nobody imposes on him. He does what he wants to do when he wants to do it. That's God. He said, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. So, so God chooses who, what he does when he wants to do it. Now, the same way, the man that he created, in Genesis 1.26, we read, and God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. Let us make man in our image and according to our likeness. So, so man was made in the image and the likeness of God. What that means is that man was made a free moral agent. Man was made a free moral agent. So he was supposed to choose God by an act of his will. He was supposed to choose the character of God by an act of his will. Now, in the Garden of Eden, there was that tree that that Bible says the fruit of that tree was the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. The knowledge of good and evil. And God said to Adam, do not eat from that fruit. Why? Because God wanted to be the source of Adam's discretion. God wanted to be the source of Adam's right or wrong. Adam's morality was supposed to come from God, not from an external source. So he gave Adam the will to either choose him as God to be the source of his morality, the source of his right and wrong, or to choose something else. And Adam, you know, made, them, made the choice of eating from that fruit. See, God doesn't want a, 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 a race, a human race that are robots. Because if he doesn't give the, the man he made a free will to choose, then the man is a robot. So he's, 
The, the robotic worship cannot please God because it's not coming from, from a place, you know, it's like uh, you might as well have robots that you program and tell them what to say and they start saying it. You know, if you have a, a robot that you teach how to say, I love you, and every time you walk into the house and the robot senses your motion and he says, I love you, I love you, I love you, it means nothing to you. Even us as human beings, it will mean nothing to you because you know that this robot is programmed to say that. But when a human being who out of their own free will and volition actually says, I love you, I appreciate you, it's meaningful to you because you know that the person meant it. The person was not programmed to say it. The person was not set to say it. So this question, why did God create a world where people have free will if that leads to evil and sin? That is how God wanted it. That man will operate in his image and likely not as man will have free will and then man will willingly choose good, which is choosing God. God wanted man to choose God and by choosing God, choose good. But man decided to reject God and take the tree or take of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and then evil entered into the world. Evil entered into the world. So there was nothing that God was going to do about that, that, that you know, the man abused his will. In fact, what he did, not like there was nothing, no, no, that's wrong. Scratch that. What he did to fix that was that he decided to come as a man and then lived out as a man now, he lived out his, his, his whole life on earth obeying God out of a free will. Not, not out of compulsion. Out of so, total submission and out of uh, um, um, surrender to the Father. The, we heard Jesus say it in many places, I do, what, I do only what I see my Father do. I do what, what I see my Father do. I say what I hear my Father say. In, in, in other words, I am submitted to him and I follow him wholeheartedly. He, the father did not put a gun on the head of the son. It was out of free will. Remember in the garden of Gethsemane, Jesus had the choice not to go to the cross. He wasn't forced to go to the cross. And his flesh was actually trying to back down on that mission. That he had to pray prayer and say, Lord, is there no other way he was talking as a man. Is there no other way for this assignment to be accomplished? You know, can this cup not pass away from me? And, you know, and then he added, but not my will, but your will be done. And he submitted his will to the will of the Father. And this is what God desires the most, that me and you will submit our will to the will of the Father. Let me say this. What makes it easy for us to submit our will to the will of the Father is when we know the character of God, when we know him to be a good God, when we know him to be a faithful God, when we know him to be a God who keeps his word, a God who has no evil intention in his heart for any one of us. When you know him as that, it becomes easy to obey God. It becomes easy to submit to him. What made Jesus submit to the Father? Because he knew the father loved him. He knew the father 
meant no evil towards him, meaning that if he submits to death, he will be resurrected from the grave. He trusted the father completely. He, you know, so, so, so that, that thing that was rising inside of him, being afraid, he calmed that fear out, out, out down and chased it away by submitting to the will of, because he knew the character of God. He knew the character of God the Father. He knew the character of his father, that his father would not allow him to perish in hell. The father would not allow him to perish in hell. So he trusted that when he goes to hell and pays the price for the sin of man, that power and authority will be given to him in hell to come back to life. And that's exactly what happened. Because he knew the character of the father. See, when we know the character of the father, when we know that he's a, a good God, it becomes easier to obey him. When we know that he's a faithful God, it becomes easier to obey him. It becomes easier to make whatever sacrifices he's asking of us, knowing that he's faithful and he will reward. Knowing that he cannot take from you and not give you much more back. Hey, he cannot ask you to lay down something and not reward you with much more because he's a good God. He is not an obtainer. <laughs> he is not an obtainer. He is a good God. So when he gives you an instruction to lay down something, to give something, to sacrifice something, when you do that, he gives you back much more. So when you know that about his character, you don't struggle to give him. People who struggle to give, people who struggle to obey, the reason why they're struggling to obey is that they don't know the character of God. They don't know who he is. They don't know what he thinks. They don't know his character. They don't know that in him is light and there's no darkness. That all about him is good. There's no evil. If they knew that, they would be, it would be easy to obey God. But you know what? Satan always wants to obscure the character of God from man because he knows that that's everything. That if man knows the true character of God, man will be, will be you know, at his highest. If man knows the true character of God, man will be able to walk with God, submit to God at the highest level and walk with God at the highest level. That was what happened to Jesus. He walked with God, the Father, at the highest level because he knew the character of God. So Satan is constantly obscuring the character of God from man seeing it so that man will not be able to walk with God in the, at the highest level. So I hope you understand that. So, so God created people with a free will because man is supposed to be an image of a free will God. Hallelujah. All right, let's go to the next question. Question number two. Are you still with me? All right. If God is good, why do some people experience more pain and suffering than others? If God is good, why do some people experience more pain and suffering than others? All right. Let, let me say this. There are many reasons why there is pain in this world. There are many reasons why there is suffering in this world. Um, what, what, one of the reasons, by the way, all pain, all suffering come from one source, Satan, not from God. There is not one pain, one, one iota of evil that comes from God. The Bible says God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. Pain is darkness. You know, suffering is darkness. Affliction is darkness. Oppression is darkness. And none of it comes from God. 
So, so we need to get that. We need to understand that, that God is like, that there is no darkness in him at all. So where do they all come from? It comes from the devil. The devil is the source of all pain. The devil is the source of all suffering. However, there are things that men do that open the door for Satan to afflict them. There are things that men do that open the door for Satan to afflict them. Let me show you a few scriptures. In Mark chapter 2, in Mark chapter 2 verse 5, now this is the story of the man who was paralyzed and he was bedridden. And he had been on, on, on that bed for a long time. And uh, they, they, there was a time that Jesus came into a certain town to preach. And the friends of this guy heard that Jesus was in town preaching and praying for people and healing the sick. And they brought the man in, on a bed for Jesus to heal him. When they got to the venue or the house where Jesus was ministering, they couldn't find a way to enter because of the crowd. There were so many people inside the building and there were so many people outside the building. The crowd was, it was, it was large, it was huge, it was incredible. And they couldn't find their way in. So they decided to go to the roof, to let down this man from the roof. So where we are reading in verse 5, they had just let the roof. I mean, they just opened the roof and let the man down, right? Now look at verse 5. When Jesus saw their faith, when Jesus saw their faith, the faith of who? The faith of the friends who let this man down from the roof. He said to the paralytic, Jesus saw the faith of his friends and said to the man who is on the bed, your sin, sir, your sins are forgiven you. Your sins are forgiven you. And we know that the guy got up afterwards and walked. So what was keeping him on that bed where he sent? Sin opened the door for Satan to afflict him. Sin opened the door for this sickness to come in. Sin opened that door. But when he was forgiven by Jesus, he, he regained his health. So sometimes people suffer because of their sin. People suffer because of their sin. In fact, all suffering, all suffering is connected to the sin that entered into the world. Yes, it's the devil that brings all suffering and all pain. You know, there are some times when people say God put suffering on them and put pain on them. No, 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 no. You don't understand the character of God. You don't understand that God, that, that, that all good gifts come from God. God, that's all he gives. From the father of lights, in whom there is no shadow of turning. He is the father of lights, not the father of darkness. He is the father of light. He is a good God. Only good proceeds out of him. Bible says all things work together for good. Even the bad things, God is able to make them work together for good. But it doesn't come from him. Even the Bible says that God does not tempt anyone with evil. So he can't even, he doesn't have evil, he doesn't tempt anybody with evil because that evil is not found in him. So, people, people are experiencing pain and suffering because we live in a broken world. And this world, the, the redemption that Jesus brought to the world has not totally taken over the whole world. Why? Because man has not totally believed it. Yeah? And like I said yesterday, when you get a revelation of the goodness of God. You become his agent who he uses to extend goodness 
into the world, to reverse the works of the devil, to reverse the things that Satan had done in the lives of men. When you get a revelation of his goodness. So, people are suffering because sin entered into the world. Because either their own sin or the sin of the people around them. Oh, yes. Either their own sin or the sin of the people around them. You know, you know, you know, there was a, the story of Jonah who was running away from God. In other words, he was in disobedience. So he was in sin. And he entered into a ship that was going to Tarsus. And, and he, 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 instead of him to go to Nineveh where he was sent, he was running away to Tarsus. And while he was in the boat, a storm arose. And it was so bad that the people were afraid they were going to die. It was so bad that the people were afraid they were going to die. So, it, I don't know how they found that, but they said somebody is in this ship who is not right with God. And it is because of this person's sin that we are suffering. So the people in that boat were suffering because of the sin of one man. And that happens all the time, that people suffer because of the sin of another. You know, a nation can be thrown into war because of the sin of their leaders, because of the corruption of their leaders. People are suffering. People are going through inhumane um, um, standards of living because of the corruption of leaders. So many times we are affected by the sin of others. That's because we live in this world. But guess what? When we know the goodness of God, we can activate the covenant of exemption. We can activate the covenant of exemption and, and, and receive an exemption from suffering. And it's even an exemption from pain that other people are are the source of that pain we can receive an exemption listen to me as a child of god you can pray because the the economy of a nation is going to recession doesn't mean that you the economy of you should go into recession because there is a a covenant of exemption in the word of god and what one of the things that activates the covenant of exemption is knowing the character of god knowing that he's a god of exemption for those who love him so, so when you activate that part by faith, exemption comes upon you and you can be spared from evil. You can be spared from suffering because you have come to know the goodness of God. Hallelujah. Let me show you in John chapter 5, verse 14. John 5, verse number 14. We have another example of somebody suffering because of sin. Look at verse 14. Afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple. This is the man who was sick for 38 years. He had been sitting by this pool, waiting for the stirring of the water so he can jump in. And then Jesus came and spared him and healed him and got him out of his paralysis and got him working. So, so he left that uh, uh, pool area and went to the temple. So that's where verse 14 comes in. And afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. Did you see that? Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. So, so Jesus clearly taught that sin opens the door for terrible things to happen to people. Sin opens the door for terrible things to happen to people. However, let me say this. You know, there was a man who was born blind. In John chapter 9. And the, the disciples, Jesus, you know, was asking them about this guy. 
And the disciples said, no, no, disciples came to Jesus to ask about this guy. It wasn't Jesus asking. They said, who sinned? Because they, they realized that sometimes, you know, physical uh, affliction is a result of sin. So they say, who sinned that this man was born blind? Is it his father or his mother or him? <laughs> who sinned that this man is born blind? And Jesus said, it is not his father or his mother's sin that brought him into this situation. But that what? That the hand of God, the work of God might be revealed, might be manifested in his life. So that man was sick. Or, or the man was born blind because of a broken world. We, we live in a world where the, fa the, re the fabric of this world is saturated with evil. It's saturated with sin. It's saturated with brokenness. So people are born with genital, um, congenital uh, disabilities, congenital conditions. It is because of the brokenness that is out in the cosmos. And in this case, Jesus said he, he, was, he was born blind that the work of God may be manifest in his life. That God can reveal his goodness through this situation. So if you are dealing with something that may be a congenital condition or whatever, can I tell you something? What you are suffering is an opportunity for the goodness of God to manifest. God is not the source of it. Satan is the source of it ultimately because we live in a, in a fallen world. But can I tell you now that if you, if you get a hold of this message of the goodness of God and lay hold on it, you will see that the, the, the hand of God will manifest through that situation. The hand of God will manifest through that you know, affliction that you're going through. You're going to see the deliverance of God. You're going to see the manifest. And I pray for you now. If you're going through something, or you know somebody who is going through something that, you know, they, they were born with, with it, or, or it just came upon them, I, I speak right now that the hand of God be revealed, that the goodness of God manifest itself in that situation in the name of Jesus. Right, let me take... Question number three. Question number three. Why do some people seem to have an easier life than others if God is fair and just? If God is a good God, why is it that some people have, seem to have an easier life than others? Now, again, there are many factors that lead to this. There are many factors that lead to this. We live in a, in a broken world with laws and principles. There are people who understand the laws of success. And they apply themselves to it and, and, and do what, you know, they need to do in accordance with the laws of the universe and they become successful. And they become successful and it looks like life is easier for them. But they are, they are obeying some principles. They are aligning themselves with some universal principles. They are universal principles. And these principles do not respect your religion. They do not respect your born-again status. If you're born again or not, if you obey the principles and align yourself with the principles, it will produce for you. A an example, the Bible says, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest shall not cease. So, so people who obey the principle of seed time, seeding and seeding and seeding and seeding, they will reap a harvest. And the harvest is usually bigger and greater than the seed. They don't need to be born again. Once they obey that principle, it will work for them. 
And that's why you see even, you know, billionaires who are not Christians, they're involved in philanthropy. They're sowing seeds. They're helping people. They're helping, you know, poor, the poor and so on. And as they do that, there are, there are spiritual laws that they are obeying and aligning to. Those laws will work for them. So when you, when you obey the principles of success, it will work for you. Look at, look at scriptures in Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. He says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. Look at that. The next part. For then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. You will make your way prosperous. People make their way prosperous by 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 adhering to certain principles. So here the Bible is giving us a biblical recipe for success. If I meditate on the word of God day and night and speak the word of God out of my mouth <laughs> day and night, he says this book of the law, which is the word of God, will not depart out of your mouth. So you keep speaking the word. You keep speaking the word. You keep speaking the word. You keep meditating on it day and night. So it is day day. Daytime meditation and nighttime meditation and the speaking of the word out of your mouth that will make you make your way. Did you notice that he didn't say God will make your, your way prosperous? It's not God, it's you. You make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. You make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. So why don't you just obey that instruction in Joshua 1.8. Speak the word out of your mouth and meditate upon it day and night. Meditate upon it day and night. Speak it out of your mouth. And watch if you will not succeed in making your way prosperous and having good success. So it's not God that makes people successful. Understand what I'm saying from that verse. People make their way successful. People make their way prosperous by obeying the word of God. By adhering to the principles in the scriptures. And they become uh, uh, successful. Do you know that even the unbelievers who do not know God, but they obey the principles of God, they will have good success. It doesn't mean that they will make it to heaven. Their good success and good works will not bring them to heaven. No, no, no. It will give them respect among men. It will make them, you know, have favor with men. It will make them have uh, uh, success in the earth. You know, powerful results and so on and so forth. But it's one thing to have favor with men. Another thing to have favor with God. To have favor with God. To have favor with God. You need to receive Jesus, his son. <laughs> so, so, so there is the prince and there are the principles. And, and God wants us to submit to the prince and live according to principles. Let me say that again. The prince is Jesus. The prince is the word of God. When God wants us to submit to the prince, uh, allow the prince to rule in our lives, give our lives to the prince, and then adhere to his principles. And then we'll have eternity, we have eternity with Christ, and then good success in the earth. However, it is possible to reject the prince and adhere to his principles. And many people are living their lives following the principles, but rejecting the prince. Now, what will happen? They will have a good life on the earth and, and 
no, no guarantee of eternity with the prince. Because if you reject the prince in this side of eternity, you're not going to accept him in the other side. So, so and the, what is important is to accept the prince. So there are people who have accepted the prince, but they are not following the principles. And guess what? They will go to heaven, but they will have hell on earth because they are not following the principles. So they have hell on earth while they are on their way to heaven. But God wants us to have heaven on earth so that even when, when our time on the earth is up we, and we go, we still continue heaven in heaven. So God wants to have heaven on earth and heaven in heaven. And the only way to have heaven on earth and heaven in heaven is to have the prince and then learn his principles and operate his principles in the earth. Amen. All right. Let me take one more question for today. Uh, I, 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 my time is up. Yeah, I thought I could do five, but let me do number four and see how we go. The first question for today, how can we trust in the goodness of God when we see religious leaders or religious institutions acting in immoral ways? Now, I know it's disappointing. Godly people doing ungodly things. I know it's very disappointing. People are shattered. People can't believe it that a, a, so, a, a so-called godly man, a man who's supposed to show forth godliness, is now practicing and showing forth ungodliness. It happens. Good people do bad things. Let me say that again. Good people do bad things. So it happens. And, and let me put it this way. It's not God that sent them to do the bad things. They remember, the, the man has been given a free will. And when people have a free will, they choose what they want to do. And God does not interfere with their will. God leaves them alone. You see, God leaves them alone to, to do whatever they want to do with their will. They might, they might choose to submit their will to God or choose to disobey and do what they want to do. Now, this is God. God says, I will not interfere. interfere. So when good people do bad things, they misrepresent God. They are not showing the goodness of God. They are not showing the character of God. They are misrepresenting God. Why? Because they, are, they were not aligned with God in the first place. The Bible says, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16. Walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. Walk in the spirit. Align with the spirit of God. Align with God and you will not, fulfill, you will not do bad things. You will not do immoral things. But, but when people do not walk in the spirit, they fulfill the desires of the flesh and they bring, you know, reproach to the name of God. They bring reproach to the name of God because they're not living in, in, in consonance, in synchronicity with the character of God. They don't know the goodness of God and the character of God. So, they are doing their own thing. They are living according to selfishness and which will, you know, selfishness will produce all these immoral things. That's, that's where, you know, where it comes from. Let me try and take the last question and then we close there because they are a bit you know related number five how can god be good if he allows people to make mistakes or commit sins that lead to consequences or punishment again god does not allow people not it's not allowed to make to say allow means that he 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 gives people the free hand to do no he, he doesn't he has given them a free will they choose what they want to do with their will. We, he has given them a free will. They choose what they want to do with the will. So, 
the goodness of God is right there. If man focuses on the goodness of God, the goodness of God will transfer to man and goodness will flow out of man. Let me say that again. When you focus on the goodness of God, the goodness of God will transfer to you and then you will do good things. So when, 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 when a man commits sin, the reason why they're committing sin is that they were misaligned with the character of God. Why did Adam commit sin? He believed a lie about the character of God. He believed that God was not good. Satan tempted him and told him that God was hiding something from them. God is not faithful. God is not sincere. God cannot be trusted. God is dubious. Those were the things that Satan was, you know, presenting God as. And Adam believed it. And then Adam did bad things that had evil consequences. The same principle. People do bad things that have evil consequences because they don't believe in the goodness of God. Yes, I don't have the time to unpack it now, but that's what it is. They don't believe. They believe they lie about the character of God. All sin come out of mistrust. All sin come out of mistrust of God. All. Because you can't trust God to meet that need. You resort to the flesh to meet the need. So all sin come out of a mistrust of God. And, and, and a mistrust of God is fundamentally a belief in a lie against the character of God. Because if you know the, how good God is, you will trust him. You will believe him. You will walk with him. But, but you are not walking with him because you believe a lie about his character. And this is what Satan wants to do to keep the church in sin. By painting God not good. And people keep seeing these lies about the character of God. So they keep on sinning. But now, we're in the times that the Spirit of God is bringing a revelation of the character of God. Can we, can we learn about his character and absorb the, that what we learn and absorb the essence of his character into our being? It will manifest as us doing good things. It will manifest as our institutions doing good things. As our institutions, you know, following the same character of the God that they serve. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, it's been an exciting uh, episode tonight. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for sharing this, this link with so many people. Just put it out in groups that you are part of. Let people see, you know, the goodness of God. Let their questions be answered. Again, we are still taking questions. So if you do have any questions based on the things you have heard me teach or, you know, in previous episodes or you heard me teach tonight, I would love to entertain your questions. Send it to the number that comes up on the screen, plus 2781-421-0835. Plus 2781-421-0835. And we'll be happy to answer your questions in future episodes. But for now, God bless you. Listen to this teaching again, and I'll see you tomorrow as we continue uh, understanding the goodness of God. My name is Chucks Ugoehe. I'll see you tomorrow. Good night. Bye-bye. There comes a time in your life when you need a change, an upgrade. You need upliftment. You need lasting results. You just want your life to be real. You need your life to be meaningful, deep, full, purposeful and easy. You're looking for enlargement, amplification, increase, strengthening. You're looking for growth in your life. You want leverage, strategic advantage, gain and favor, ability to influence. Clout and strength.
Join us at Resurrection Life Church every Sunday. Visit our website .reslife.org.za for more information. Make this year your year of being real. Embrace rapid enlargement and leverage. It is your time.